Just in and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. Through 25 seasons, 4,561 episodes. I believe The Oprah Winfrey Show was one of the greatest classrooms in the world. I really never thought of it that way. The aha moments, the breakthroughs, the connections, the occasional ugly cry. I miss him so terribly. I miss him every single minute. The LOLs, the moments that mattered. The eye-opening life lessons. Never allow them to take you somewhere else. I'm bringing them back. It's time to open the vault. I've personally chosen these classic episodes to share with you again. Every single person you ever will meet shares that common desire. They want to know, do you see me? Do you hear me? Does what I say mean anything to you? You are listening to The Oprah Winfrey Show, the podcast. It began as an innocent game of hide-and-seek. Then, it turned deadly. I just told my two daughters, you just what? An exclusive, Oprah goes inside a maximum security prison. When your wife left, did you think, I'm now going to kill them? One-on-one -on -one with the suburban banker who murdered his own children. During the stabbing of your daughters, did they call your name? And why his wife forgives him. Next. I really wasn't sure that I really wanted to do this interview. A terrible, terrible thing happened. Two little girls who should be going to kindergarten, learning to read, growing up, are gone. But I agreed to go to a prison in North Carolina for one reason only. I wanted to understand and to help you understand how dark of a place you have to be in to kill your own children. Here is the statistic. There are 19 million Americans who are suffering from depression right now. 19 million. It can range all the way from a mild kind of sadness or moodiness or inability to sleep to a full-blown psychotic break. That is what a father, now behind bars, claims happened to him, a psychotic break. January 20th, 2006, an upscale suburb of Charlotte, North Carolina, a tight community turned upside down. We've got two five-year-old little girls that are dead. I can't describe to you how horrific and how sad this is. This is the house where David Crespi lived with his second wife, Kim. Together, they had five children, including twin girls, Tessera and Samantha. Hi, Tessa. Hi, folks. 45-year-old David was a successful senior vice president of a well-known bank. Colleagues describe him as smart and funny and an all-around great guy. Many coworkers had no idea that for years, David suffered from debilitating bouts of depression. David says he had recently requested a week off to deal with his illness. On one of those days, Samantha and Tessera were home sick from school. Kim thought nothing of leaving the girls with their father while she ran out for a haircut. What Kim did not know 
was that David was having secret thoughts, sick thoughts, of killing his wife and children. David's little girls wanted him to play their favorite game, hide and seek. When David found Samantha hiding in the kitchen, those deadly thoughts took over. For the first time, David will tell us why he brutally stabbed his five-year-old twin daughters on that day, January 20th, 2006. David Crespi's wife, Kim, is here. How did you find out? I was getting my hair cut, and when I came back into the neighborhood, I was stopped. There was a lot of commotion going on, and um, they let the van ahead of me go to our street, and they stopped me. And then they asked me to get out of the van. I was already getting those waves that you get when something terrible's happened. Mm -hmm. And the police officer told me, your daughters have been murdered, and your husband has confessed. And I couldn't believe it. Yeah, that's an unfathomable thing that happens. This is the call that her husband, David Crespi, made just 15 minutes after he had murdered their daughters. Police Department? Yes. I just killed my two daughters. You just what? I just killed my two daughters. Matthew, that's our sir? Yeah. Tell me what's, what happened. Okay, how, I mean, what's going on right now? I just freaked out and killed them. Are you on medication? Yeah. Are they breathing or anything now? They're dead. What did you do to them? Stabbed you stabbed him? Yeah. What's your name, okay? My name is David Crespi. That's exactly what happened. There's two dead girls. I killed them. Uh, I just lost it. <sighs> okay. Who, who are these girls? They're my daughters. Your daughters? Okay, how old are they? Five. They're twins? Yeah. How, how did you kill them? With a knife. What kind of meds are you on, sir? I'm on uh, antidepressants. Okay. Keep talking to me because you sound like you're a little bit tired and stuff, and we're wondering if you maybe took too much medication. This is real. Okay. I know. I know it's real, sir. We're all. Everybody's on the way. Okay. All right. How many times do you think you stabbed him, sir? I don't know. Where, where did you cut him? In the body. Okay. I realize the bodies. We're at. We're at. I'm sorry. Well, all over the body. All over. Where did you say that that the girls are at inside, sir? One's in the kitchen floor and one's in the master bathroom. One's in the kitchen floor and one's in the bathroom? Um, David, are you sure there's nothing we can do to try to help the girls? No. 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 So, when you listen to that, what do you think or feel or hear? What do you hear? I hear what really happened that day. I, um, I had not heard that tape until last week. I think it puts in perspective what happened that day. It's very real, it was real to him. He freaked out and he killed them. And that's what happened. And we don't understand that, and it's... Yeah, what is amazing to me is that you are still going to prison to see him mm -hmm. because you have forgiven him. Mm -hmm. I have. Mm -hmm. I, I actually think that he was ill in a way we didn't understand. Mm -hmm. So I look at it like, I don't really even think I needed to forgive him because I don't think he controlled what he did that day. Uh -huh. So if he needs my forgiveness, which he's asked, he has it. He absolutely has it. I am so sorry that this happened for everybody, for him, for me, for our children. Yeah. But it happened. And I can choose to love him or I can choose to turn away. Yeah. And I could. 
I, I know, have that that's, choice. Yeah, and that's what I'm sure a lot of people watching right now, just mm -hmm. like when I heard that you were still with him and you consider him to be your husband and mm -hmm. you still love him, it right. was, you know, upon the first time hearing that, I thought, what is she thinking? Mm -hmm. And what are you thinking? I'm thinking it's very fair for people to think that mm -hmm. because he, he did a horrible thing in that 20 minutes. Nobody who knows him or knew him before January 20th can believe that he could be capable of this. Mm -hmm. And yet he did it. Mm -hmm. And he's horrified. I'm horrified. Yes. But we have to deal with that. My goal is if there is anybody out there who sees you, who hears this story and sees the same signs mm -hmm. that you saw with your family, maybe it could save somebody. So we ask this question, how could a father who is respected in the community, who's gone to work every day, had taken this week off because he wasn't feeling well, right. but respected and everybody says he's such a great guy, how does that guy then stab to death his two five-year-old daughters? I went to Central Prison in Raleigh, North Carolina to ask David himself. So take me back to that day. My wife had made a sudden appointment to go out to uh, get her hair done. Mm -hmm. And I was left alone with Sam and Tess. And the voices I was hearing, there's no future, everything's ruined, just kill them. And I was worried, I remember having the thoughts about them suffering from depression also. Because they'd been off school that day, just because they had colds. But in my mind, I interpreted it as something else. And unfortunately, I, I killed both of them. When your wife left, did you think, I'm now going to kill them? No, I didn't think I would ever react, ever act on those things. Because you had had those thoughts many because times I'd before. Because I'd had those thoughts before. And I said, well, that would be a sign. And, and what would be a sign? Like a sign, like when the, when the girls asked to play hide and seek. You thought that was a sign? I, I took that as a sign in my mind. That, that, that they wanted to be killed? That I should kill them. That you should kill them. David and the twins started playing the game. Samantha hid in her usual spot in the kitchen. And you grabbed a knife? I, I grabbed two knives. And I killed one of them and then... Who did you kill first? Samantha first. And then later, minutes later, killed... Tessera. What was Sam saying to you? She said no. She said no, and mommy. And that's all I, but that's all she said. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. So what is going through your mind when you're stabbing your five-year-old. I'm not looking at them, I'm not seeing them, I'm not feeling anything. How many times did you stab her? I didn't know. Autopsy results found that Samantha, who weighed just 40 pounds, was stabbed 18 times in the chest, the back, and head. And you left her in the kitchen? Uh-huh. 
and then you went looking for your other five-year-old daughter, yes. the, her twin. Yes. You went looking for her to stab her. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. You found Tess where? Upstairs. Because she saw you stabbing her twin sister and ran, is that correct? I don't know if that's why she saw her or not, mm -hmm. but she ran. She ran. And you found her hiding in the closet? Yeah. What did you do? I st stabbed her and... Did you pull her out of the closet? Pulled her out of the closet. And what was she saying to you? She said no, no. And uh, it was awful. Tessera's 42-pound body was stabbed 14 times. At any time during the stabbing of your daughters, did they call your name? No. no. They never said, Daddy, stop. I don't remember. You don't remember. And what is your mind saying at this time, David? It's, uh, it's a task. It's a task I have to do. It's not anything related to those are my daughters, these are lovely children. Did it's you just love your daughters? Task. Oh, yes. Then nobody watching this, I guess, unless they've been depressed or had some kind of psychotic notion, can understand it. Cannot understand how right, you could stab your daughter. I know. And you can not even Many see. times while she is screaming and no and calling for mommy. Why did you kill them both? Because in my, st in my state, they were twins. And in parenting them, you do things together. And so in the psychotic state I was in, I couldn't show favoritism. Uh, it was just sick. You couldn't show favoritism even in death. Right. So you had to kill them both. Right. What do you want to say to your living children? Just that I love them and that I'm going to continue to communicate with them as best I can. What I've told them is I was very ill and I loved Sam and Tess and I didn't mean to, uh, I didn't mean to harm them. I was just very ill. I know a lot of people watching would have this question. Why didn't you just kill yourself? I had had made attempts before and I had promised my wife. You promised her what? That you wouldn't kill yourself? That I wouldn't kill myself. I wish you'd promised her you'd never hurt the I kids. Know. I wish so too. I wish you'd made that promise. I wish so too. I wonder if she'd known that there was, if there was a choice, what do you think she would have said? If she had known that by asking you not to kill yourself it would mean losing her two, two baby girls, what would she have said, do you think? You'll have to ask her. I will. I will. What do you think of that, Kim? I would like that none of them died. And I don't think he had... I wish he hadn't killed Tess and Sam, of course. But if he then turned and killed himself, that would have been another layer of tragedy. Because he didn't kill himself, he killed them, yes. which is absolutely unbelievable. But did you have any idea? You, of course, knew that he was depressed. I knew he was suffering from a bout of um, depression yeah. at that time. Yes, he and had he had been, been depressed many times he before. He had been more depressed in 2004. Uh -huh. This was the early stages of an episode for him. So, Episodes meaning before going into some deep depression. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it always started with he couldn't turn off his brain. He would just start not sleeping, 
and sleep was very important to him. Yes. Did, was there ever a time where you asked him? Because the fact that he said, I promised my wife I wouldn't kill myself, you must have suspected that he would. Well, what would happen is he'd go into these episodes, he'd stop sleeping, then he'd get anxious, and so the medication, we go to the general practitioner, because you need help. Yes. And so they would put him on a sleep aid. That really wouldn't help him sleep, but now he's anxious, and he's sleep-deprived. He's anxious, so they put him on an anti-anxiety. Well, now he's looking like he's going to get depressed, so they put him on an antidepressant. Sometime in that whole regimen, he would get more depressed, and he would, like, I think he was going to work, and he would go and drive off. And I would say, what have you done? You know, I can't get a hold of you on the cell phone. And he'd say, I'm looking for a place to die. I'm like, well, why would you do that? And so, because the world was dark. And we're clearly into a lot of medication, and we're seeking help. We're talking to doctors. We're talking to therapists. Um, it was, was he hard. functioning at work? Not really. Not really. He was getting anxious and probably spinning his wheels a lot. Yeah. Very high-functioning Yeah, he individual. told me that he thought many times he was going to be fired. Sure. Yeah. Which well, he, wasn't very realistic. When did you ask him to promise that he wouldn't kill himself? Well, I really didn't want him to drive off because of him unaccounted for was difficult. Yeah. And, you know, So did you him. say, will you promise me? Yes. Promise okay. me you won't drive off. And so what's so, so sad about this day was even the detectives told me he wants you to know that he didn't drive off today. I'm like, but he killed Tass and Sam. Did you ever think that he could harm the family? No. I didn't, didn't think that was possible. No, I will tell you that I, he said, some days the world's just too dark. And I said, do you ever think it's too dark for your children? And he said, some days it feels very dark. And I said, would you ever hurt them? And he's like, no, I wouldn't. But see, there's, there's these thoughts that you don't share with anybody. Yeah. And you don't talk about them in therapy. Yes. What he didn't know and what I didn't know is that at some point in an episode, you can act on your deepest, darkest thoughts. I had never heard that until after, the, until after the incident. Okay, you call it an incident. I call it a tragedy. Yeah. I call it so many things. Mm -hmm. it's, it's... I noticed after, this, after just seeing the tape, you quietly said to me, good questions. Good questions. Yeah. yeah. And I wanted to know, have you asked him these questions? Yes. You have asked him these I questions. I have, and for a long time he was... You know, for us, it was like he died. I had to keep reminding myself after January 20th that he was still alive because I couldn't see him. He became part of the criminal justice system instantly. I didn't see him for, I think it was two and a half months mm -hmm. afterwards. It was quite, quite a big deal to get in to see him, being a victim. And you wanted to see him? I did want to see him, and I, did, I didn't realize, I didn't understand how he could heal if he didn't have our love. So you had a good marriage? We had a great marriage. You had a great marriage. I loved being married to David. I still love being married to David. It's a very different marriage right now. I'll just say that. And because he's in prison he's for in two prison. life sentences. Yes. Two life sentences back okay. to back. Last winter, David Crespi brutally murdered his five-year-old twin daughters, Samantha and Tessera, stabbing each of them more than a dozen times. David pled guilty and received two consecutive life sentences. When's the first time you saw your wife after this? April uh, 6th. So they took you immediately to jail? They took me to jail, for, and then it was, it was almost three months before I saw her. What was seeing her the first time like? It's wonderful. She's, it, was, it was a mixture of, I'm sorry, and she knew that this wasn't me, that this wasn't, that I'm not a 
person that would do this if I wasn't sick. Do you think you deserve to live? Yeah, I think my girls deserve to live. I think everybody deserves to live. I, I didn't believe in the death penalty before, or I don't believe in it now. I think it's wrong. Mm -hmm. I think it's really a wrong thing. So what um, do you think should happen to you? What I've got is a, is a life sentence. Don't you have double life sentence? Uh-huh. Yes. To be in here. Mm -hmm. Is that what you deserve? Our system is about punishment. It's not about take this person with mental illness and rehabilitate them. Mm -hmm. And if our system is the way it is, then I'm getting what I deserve under our system. Do you deserve to be punished? I don't. Do you deserve to be punished for what you did? Yes, in some, it's a horrible, horrible crime. And, and the fact that I was mentally ill in some ways explains it, but... Doesn't make them any less dead. No, they're still dead. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader. Do you think he got the punishment he deserves? Punishment is a hard word for me because I believe he was ill. Mm -hmm. And so when somebody willfully does something, that's when I think we should talk punishment. I think he needs help. Here's what David said happened just moments after the murders. After you realized what you had done, mm -hmm. did you think of killing yourself then? Yes. What were you going to do? I was going to jump off an overpass by my house. So you didn't kill yourself, obviously. You went back home. You never left home. No, you I got out of the, the car. I called the police. I called 911. Mm -hmm. Did you change your clothes? Uh-huh. She must have been pretty bloody. Yeah. It was. Did you ever see the girls lying dead on the floor? No. Why? I, I didn't go look. I, I saw one of my daughters when they brought her out of the house. That's what I saw Tessera. So after you realized that you had stabbed them both to death many times, over a dozen times, each of them, and they were dead, what did you think or feel then? It took a while before I realized the horror of what I'd done. So it was just a horrible thing to be where I, where I was, just had this numbness. Mm -hmm. And it's, and it's the same numbness that allowed me to do something like and this. And so it took you a while to understand what you had done. And after you understood what you had done, what did you think or feel? I thought that it was wrong, that this was wrong. So all you felt after you had stabbed your daughters, who you say you loved to death, was this was wrong? You didn't feel... No. You didn't feel... That's what the depression was. That's how black it was. So in the dark place, in the depression, there isn't a part of you that says, this isn't right, this is wrong. 
I need help. So I'm thinking of all the different options. Your wife has gone to get her haircut. You could have called your wife. Your mother, you spoke to your mother for yes. 15 minutes yes. before killing your daughters. Yes. Just, just before killing your daughters. Yeah. So 15 minutes just before killing your daughters. And you told your mother everything was fine. It's your mother. Why couldn't you have said, I'm really in a bad place, mom? I wish I had. I wish I had. Is there no reasoning in the dark place? The reasoning is distorted. Mm -hmm. Everything is so distorted that it's... Reasoning, like... That, that you can't, that that part of your brain isn't working. I knew logically that those were my daughters. But I didn't think about the pain that I was causing them mm -hmm. and the loss and the denial of their right to grow up and be loving people. David says he has been thinking of killing and hurting his family for the past 11 years. When you first had those thoughts of killing your children, did you say to yourself, this isn't normal, this isn't right, I should tell somebody? I wish I had done that now, mm -hmm. but I didn't think they were real. Why would I discuss something that wasn't real, that could only maybe get my kids taken away from me? Well, um, that I understand. And th that, that, now that I understand, but, but, but that's very different than it not being real. I understand you not wanting to discuss it if you thought you'd get your kids well, taken but away. It's, it's, it's not real, so why bring it up? If it's not real, if it's not anything I'm ever going to act on. Why it's, did you think it was nothing you would act on? Because I hadn't ever acted on it before. Because that's such a horrible, horrible thing to do. Well, let me ask you this question. You said to me earlier that you didn't tell anybody because the thoughts weren't real. It sounds to me like you didn't tell anybody because you didn't want people to think that you were crazy. Would that be more accurate? I'd rationalize. Because you know if you tell people I'm thinking of killing my whole family, they will put you away or take your children or do something to you. Yeah. And that is why you did not tell. Yeah. Yeah. You were going to the therapist. You had seen the therapist just the day before you stabbed your children to death. But you never told the therapist ever that I'm having thoughts of killing my family. To me, that's the big lesson. You didn't tell the truth. You never came clean about what you were really thinking and feeling. But, and you keep saying to me those thoughts weren't real. But really, they were more than real. They turned out to be. Yes, that's what but I mean. When you're in that state, Oprah, you have so many thoughts. But and you made a choice, David. You made a choice not to tell the therapist or your family, your mother who you spoke to 15 minutes before you murdered your two daughters. You made a choice not to tell your mother. You made a choice not to tell your wife. You made a choice not to tell the therapist that you were thinking of killing your family. Mm -hmm. Is that not true? That was a choice that you made. Yeah. 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 I heard that after I did that interview that your husband David wrote yes. and told you that he felt that I was hard on him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, okay. So. You were tough, you were tough. I, well, I didn't think that was tough. It just seemed, it seemed reasonable to me to ask those questions because, and I was saying to you as we were watching that, I suppose there are a lot of people who are watching or you know people or you have been in the dark place. Mm -hmm. But I think if we, those of us who haven't been there, right. don't understand how some things are, you can have a conversation with your mother, the conversation's normal, you can go to work, that's all normal, and then you have this psychotic episode and stab your children to death. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, you know, I think that 
what you were saying is probably what many, many people are thinking. It's like, yeah. you didn't tell the truth. But honestly, he did tell the truth several, several times. What, what he didn't do was share his deepest, darkest, oh my God, I can't believe I'm thinking this feelings. And I think well, in that all would have the been part therapy, of the truth, right? Well, but okay, but when you're in therapy and you're talking about, I think I'm going to lose my job, and we're, we're saying, you're not though, Dave. We're not in financial ruin. He's going, I am really not thinking correctly here. So I don't think it's so much about not telling the truth as it is about not sharing every passing thought. I also don't oh, believe... Oh, oh, Kim, oh, Kim, Kim, Kim. Okay, okay. Every right. passing thought. <laughs> right. The well, that's of, a bad okay, thought. Okay, yeah. okay. The, the thoughts of kill, killing your children, your family, right. is not just a passing thought. That's I not... don't think it was a prevalent thought, though. You don't think that what I was asking him was really was the truth, because I still believe okay. that he made a choice, that he was sane enough, reasonable enough, thinking enough to make a choice to say, I'm not going to let them know that I'm thinking of killing my family. He just said, because they would take my children away. Well, so that to me says, I'm thinking it, but I'm not going to let you know I'm thinking it because then you're going to think I'm really bad. I don't know that they would think he was so bad as he's being realistic going, I'm saying the things, these surface things like financial ruin, which yeah. is not such a, bit, a small thing, and losing my job. And we're saying, Dave, those aren't true. So he's going, okay, if that's, if that's not, not true, true maybe me then the bigger issue isn't true either because this is really dark. And what made him act on this? He, he didn't hit his children. He was never violent. He was a lecturer to his children. You know, they were shocked and horrified that he could do this. What made him change that week? Okay. That week, he was on a new antidepressant. Again, if he had said, and I know he says he was on the wrong medication, if he had said to the doctors, whomever, right. I'm thinking, I'm having thoughts of killing my family, perhaps those are psychotic thoughts. Perhaps the medication if, would have been different. If somebody else... We're having those thoughts. They should definitely tell somebody, scream it at somebody. Yeah, that's the lesson. And that is the lesson. I wish we had known about intrusive thoughts. I honestly didn't hear about that until after he was in prison. My point is, had David right. said to you or his doctors, right. I'm having these intrusive thoughts. If he would have even known what they were. Well, and he would have known he could well, have acted uh, well, on them. Maybe if you don't know the name of them, that they're intrusive thoughts, you at least know, but I'm thinking of killing my family. If he had said that, yes. perhaps people would have reacted differently. I think so. I would hope so. I would hope so. Okay, and that I is the totally lesson. totally hope, yes, that is the lesson. For everybody else here. And then knowing if you're having depression, be completely upfront with everybody who's medicating you. Yeah. Because, and, and but and you know. And he was not, that is my point. I, yeah. But for me, evaluating Dave on 20 minutes of his life, I don't have to go there. I can choose to see all the good in him and keep loving him and keep shining light in this darkness because mental illness is dark. And when you're around it, it's hard to understand it because it wasn't happening to me, it was yeah, happening to, to him. him. Yeah. Now we have a fabulous support group around us, mm -hmm. our neighborhood, our family, and we're staying in the same house. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it's where, um, I know everybody wants to It's where our memories are, it's where we lived, it's where we love. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. Well, Kim showed us the home that she shared with David and their children. I know a really horrible thing happened right here, but this is my home. And when Sam and Tess died, it was a brief time in their life. 
And so that doesn't erase all the good things that have happened in this house. And that's why we want to live here, because this is where they laughed, where they danced, where they played, and we love it here. Kim finds comfort in Samantha and Tessera's room. I love this room. It takes my breath away to walk in here. They played in here. They loved this room, and I'm so glad that they had it. And it will stay as long as it needs to stay. He killed Sam right here. And so when I, you know, when I get something out of the refrigerator, I just know that that's a spot that's holy. It's like that's where Sammy went to heaven. Kim is still haunted by the thought that her little girl, Tessera, knew what was about to happen to her. This is Dave's closet. This is where Tess came. That's what was her favorite hiding spot when she played hide and seek with the neighborhood children. She came in here. My understanding is that she died right here. This is sacred ground right here to me. It's where I blow dry my hair. But the skylight is right up there. And so every morning, I just take a moment and I just pray and know that she's in heaven. Thank you for sharing that with us. Welcome. Thank, Thank you, you for, for asking. That. Thank you for sharing that with us. It may be hard for a lot of people to understand how Kim can still love, even forgive her husband after murdering their daughters. But it's really not for us to judge. What we can do is learn from this tragic story and right. others and begin to educate ourselves about the dangers of depression. That's really why I'm doing this show. In fact, we polled our audience today, and one third of this audience says that they have suffered from depression at some time. So I think one of the things we've got to do is start talking about it in real terms. We hear about depression, but what exactly is it? I wanted to be able to share it with you all. So we asked a forensic psychiatrist, Dr. Michael Wellner, to help us understand what it is. When you look at the brain, it's as if you are looking at a satellite image of Earth for miles and miles away. It's the home of movement. It's the home of balance. It houses the capacity for sight, uh, for hearing, for smell. Dr. Wellner says the area of the brain known as the limbic system generates our intent emotions. Regulating anxiety, regulating anger, regulating intensity of feeling, mood, and thinking, which are governed very much by the frontal lobe. He says depression is actually a biochemical condition occurring deep within the brain. Nerve cells stop communicating properly with each other. Mood, feelings, and thinking become off-kilter. And keep in mind that many people don't recognize that they have depression because they can't. Here are the signs of depression. Sleep disturbance, loss of pleasure, excessive guilt, excessive worry, self-deprecating thoughts, impaired energy, weight loss, agitation, and thoughts of death. Dr. Wellner says if you are continually feeling sad and suffer from at least two of these symptoms for two weeks or more, you need to seek medical attention. Bipolar disorder is a more serious form of depression affecting two million Americans. It is a tremendously morbid disease. Instead of being slowed down, a person has a decreased need for sleep because they're euphoric. Changes in boundaries where they're socially inappropriate, where their spending may be inappropriate, where their ambition may be inappropriate to the point of being grandiose and unregulated. A person may be more sexually promiscuous, may be more likely to abuse drugs, and an expansiveness that's over and above the way a person might normally be. 
In the most severe cases of depression, Dr. Wellner says psychotic thoughts may arise. That guilt, that worry, that self-reproach becomes so over the top to be a fixed false idea, an irrational idea, when there's no evidence of that happening. That's what psychosis is. Dr. Wellner testified in the Andrea Yates trial. He never met David Crespi, but says it is not uncommon for people like David to keep their darkest thoughts secret. And why is that? First of all, I just want to extend my condolences to you on your losses. The depression and violence have a very complicated relationship. The most important thing isn't the depression, because many people in this room with their depression have never thought for a moment about killing their children. It is the hopelessness that is the end point of depression. So hopelessness is a key factor that characterizes the most severe depressions. And then there hopelessness. are two, hopelessness. Which you would say your husband was in that state. But there are two other very important components which I see uh, reflected yeah. in what your husband was saying. One is impulsivity. People may be impulsive, and when they are depressed and severely depressed, those impulses that they might control are more difficult to control uh -huh. when they are more depressed. Yeah. Or people who are not impulsive and people who don't express themselves well, the quiet ones, the ones who've never been violent, yeah. who've never done anything, but anger wells up inside them. And at some point, either through the influence of medicine itself or through the depression, it explodes. Yeah. It's not at all unusual for cases like this of parents who kill their children to not be abusive. In my experience, these crimes never make sense, in part because they happen to people who've never been violent and who've otherwise been law-abiding, but who have anger that wells up and explodes. Suicide, and that, that book is a great example, is anger against the self, and homicide and assault is when that anger is directed outward. Okay, and this is the book that uh, William Styron, who you know wrote Sophie's Choice, was in a serious state of depression, William Styron, called Darkness Visible, and he says, this is the way he described it, in depression, the pain is unrelenting, and what makes the condition intolerable is the foreknowledge that no remedy will come, not in a day, an hour, a month, or a minute. If there is even mild relief, one knows that it's only temporary. More pain is going to follow. It's hopelessness, even more than the pain that crushes the soul. Hopelessness. First of all, for the people in the audience, those of you who have been depressed or those of you who have loved ones, do not panic and do not look at your loved ones with great fear. There are several practical things that if you keep in mind, you, you will absolutely minimize your risk. First of all, if there's someone around you who either is treated for depression or has depression, focus on hopelessness. Focus on minimizing their hopelessness. If you see that they're hopeless about one thing, point to another reason for them to be forward-thinking and for them to attach hope in other aspects. This, by the way, is why, as a psychiatrist, why I think faith and spirituality are so important, because that is a clear and unobstructed pathway to hope. Okay. So that's item one. Item two, absolutely make sure that no matter how much the depressed person withdraws, do not allow them to isolate. If they shut you out, don't take it personally. That's when it's the illness talking, allow them to bring somebody else in. Find someone to connect with them, to diminish their isolation, and diminish how they can emotionally alienate from the people in their lives. Because your children, may they rest in peace. He loved them, but parents who kill their children have already emotionally 
detached from them. And so you keep that detachment from happening and you do it in a way that's uniquely personal to the love and your awareness of that other person that you care about. You have to work hard, but my lesson that you may not hear from anywhere else is do not rely upon medicine. Doctors will only do so much. You may set yourself up for disappointment. There's a lot that you can do at the front lines of being a loved one on hopelessness, isolation, and alienation. Excellent. Thank you. So I hope this uh, show has shed some light on anybody who is watching who knows someone else who's going through depression or if it's happening to you. Thank you for being here. And thank you. That was really an excellent explanation. Appreciate thank you very much, interest. Dr. Wellner. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, David Crespi. Thank you for allowing me to do the interview. I'm Oprah Winfrey, and you've been listening to The Oprah Winfrey Show, the podcast. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me next week for another Oprah Show, the podcast. And I thank you for listening. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. Like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on AutoTrader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.